Greetings and welcome to In Tune with VHBC, a podcast about music and worship at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church. I'm Marty Watts, Minister of Music at VHBC. In this episode, I'll talk about the hymn, Come Thou Almighty King, and share a conversation I had with Tyler Johnson, our student minister at VHBC. If you haven't already done so, be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you won't miss any future episodes. Now let's get in tune. The text of Come Thou Almighty King was written by perhaps the most prolific writer across all genres, that is, Anonymous. While we don't know who wrote the hymn text, it was included in a collection next to one of Charles Wesley's hymns, but there's no evidence that Charles Wesley wrote it. Because of its parallels with the British national anthem, God Save the King, this was most likely written as a parody to that national anthem. The hymn is Trinitarian in construction, the first stanza being addressed to the first person of the Trinity, God the Father or God the Creator. In this case, the reference is Almighty King. The second stanza to Jesus Christ, referred to here as Incarnate Word. Then the third stanza to the Holy Spirit, here referenced as the Holy Comforter. And then the fourth stanza to the Great One in Three. This text was actually sung at first to the British national anthem, God Save the King. That tune uh, we commonly associate with My Country Tis of Thee, which in the United States the tune name is America. However, in 1769, a new tune was commissioned for a music book that would be sold to benefit a hospital in London. That tune was written by an Italian-born composer named Felice De Giardini. He was a virtuoso violinist and composer and orchestra conductor. He ended up settling in London after touring Europe as a violinist. The tune he wrote is called Italian Hymn because he was an Italian-born composer. As I mentioned, this text was probably a parody on the British national anthem, God Save the King, and there is a story that during the American Revolution, some British soldiers surprised an American congregation on Long Island in New York and ordered the Americans to sing God Save the King. The Americans responded by singing the correct tune, but sang the words of Come Thou Almighty King. Today's episode concludes with the congregation of Vestavia Hills Baptist Church singing Come Thou Almighty King with Dr. Beth McGinnis at the organ. If you have a hymn to suggest for a future episode, please email me at marty at vhbc.com. The podcast interviews every week have been such a treat for me to get to talk to different folks. And uh, this week we have our student minister at Vestavia Hills Baptist Church, Tyler Johnson. Tyler um, not only is our student minister, but he also has a background in music himself and uh, plays in our church orchestra and has conducted the choir. And um, so anyway, Tyler, I'm really glad to have you with us today. 
Yeah, thanks for having me on. Uh, super excited about this. I, you know, when we were talking about this earlier, I told you it was a bucket list thing to do to be on a podcast. So <laughs> when this makes it big, give me some of that blue yes. apron money for oh, sure. Yeah, for sure. Once we get sponsored. Yeah. <laughs> get sponsored. All right. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, I think there have been some folks who I've chatted with on the podcast who were um, nervous or uh, a little bit apprehensive about doing it, but I'm, you are, you're super excited about it. It's a bucket list thing and that's great. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, obviously folks know you as our student minister. Tell us a little bit about um, the student ministry at VHPC and uh, how that's been going now that you've been here uh, with us about a year and a half now. Yeah, yeah, about a year and a half, or, you know, as I like to say, about four months in aggregate between the <laughs> the long stretches of breaks that we've been having. Right. Um, just kidding. Uh, VHBC Youth uh, Ministry is, is going strong, going well. We've got about 50 students um, involved in our weekly activities, and we do things on Wednesdays and Sundays right now, but during a normal um, time period, we're off and out on the weekends and doing all sorts of all sorts of really neat stuff. So we're uh, we're going through on Sundays. We're going through the whole Bible. So we're hitting a book of the Bible a week, um, which is you know more ambitious uh, at times than others. Uh, some things there's sometimes there's too much to say and sometimes there's not enough. Um, <laughs> so uh, we've been doing that and we've been uh, going through a series on Wednesday nights where we take a, a news uh, headline and we look at it through the eyes of eyes of faith um, and kind of, you know, stop compartmentalizing our lives so much and see how our faith and real life blend in. So I'm sure it's, it's been, been really interesting. I'm sure it's been hard to come up with news items since it's, this season has been so slow uh, in the news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it, it's more about what, um, what hits the cutting room floor right. now than, than what makes it. Right. Uh, there, there have been some slow patches uh, before we hit all of this, but um, there's usually nothing, nothing, sh- nothing short to talk about yeah. um, usually now. <laughs> right, right. Well, um, tell us a little bit about your music background and um, your, you know, not just, um, you know, college-wise, education-wise, but even growing up, what that was like for you. Yeah, sure. Um, I learned how to read music in children's handbell choir growing up. So that was super interesting and a whole lot of fun um, learning to, you know, read C and D. Those were my notes. Um, and so learning those and learning how to play in, in time with others um, was always really cool. Um, I was in children's choir in church growing up, and that, that was something I resented a little more than I'd like to lead on. Um, so I would, you know, fake sick on the days, of the children's choirs that, you know, had to sing and in, in, sing in big church and that, but I really loved the instrumental uh, music aspect aspect of it. Um, you know, played, was in, was in band and all that uh, middle school and high school and um, had a talent for it. And so I majored in it in college and in trombone performance, um, of all things, I started out in music education, and then I realized um, the classroom setting was not my was not my gig. Did you um, Did so you start I, off on trombone as a child? I did. Okay. I did. Um, the um, band director told me that there was a lot of scholarship money for trombone players. Okay. So I don't know if he was. I don't know if he was lying or <laughs> he really needed trombone players. 
but he got me as a seventh grader um, playing the trombone. And uh, I picked up the euphonium um, in middle school as well. So I went back and forth. Um, but it, I, oh yeah, go it's, ahead. It's, Sorry. it's funny. I've heard other people say, you know, um, especially as it relates to marching band, that sometimes the instruments that they picked up were determined by just whatever the band director needed at the moment and uh, not necessarily 100% the student's preference or whatever. Or some people, you know, start off on, say, clarinet or whatever, and then the band director's like, I got a bajillion clarinets. I really need a euphonium player and whoever just ends up switching instruments. So that's good. Yeah. That you, you, were, you were with the same instrument the whole time. We, um, you know, we took a oral test um, in middle school to, you know, kind of match our, um, I guess, match our competencies, I guess, to, you know, what I matched with the trombone. Um, you know, they matched our oral, you know, competencies, but not necessarily my height at the time. <laughs> so I did the, I did, you know, the, you know, dislocate the shoulder to get out past the bell um, for a while until I hit a growth spurt in like my sophomore year of college. Yeah. So, um, so they, they make different size cellos, you know, like quarter size, half size, three quarter size. Oh, yeah. so, so in a child's learning, you know, you, you kind of grow with the instrument, but I guess it doesn't work the same way for trombones. Um, they, you know, they have like these novelty trombones, um, that, you know, that are kind of fun that would, you know, be much more suitable for a, for a smaller person. But again, more novelty than applicable. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, so you've got your, uh, folks on the podcast can't see you, but I, I can see you on zoom and you've got your Tennessee orange. It's uh, my Tennessee law, okay. um, sweatshirt. Um, and there's a, there's a story behind there. Um, I did not attend the University of Tennessee Law School. Um, there was a member in my previous congregation who was a um, federal judge, um, some bigwig federal judge in Cincinnati, um, or that's where the court was. And the University of Tennessee Law School invited him down. And um, he's a Vanderbilt grad. Um, and so he can't stand the University of Tennessee athletics wise. So he came back after that lecture and gave me the sweatshirt that they gave him. So I wear it out grocery shopping to make people think, you know, I went to yeah, Tennessee law. Yeah. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with being a student minister, Tyler. You shouldn't be embarrassed about No, that. no, I'm I kidding. love I'm being kidding. a student I'm minister. I'm glad I'm not a lawyer. <laughs> Well, um, so undergrad at um, in Tennessee, and then you uh -huh. did your Master's of Divinity at uh, Truett Seminary at Baylor University in Texas. Yes, I think the official name now is Baylor's Truett Theological Seminary. Uh, okay. um, it is, they've kind of rebranded four or five times, um, trying to get under that Baylor umbrella I see. Yep. a little more. Yeah. So, um, yeah, so I, um, I started out... Um, as a um, MDiv and MM dual degree, uh, dual masters. And I thought, you know, that's what I was being called towards. And so I found a, found a really cool um, job out in Rosebud, Texas as the youth and music minister. So that has been, um, that, that was an interesting experience um, in a town where there are more cows than people. Um, and, um, Franklin Graham, um, in his book 
called Rosebud Shoebox City um, for the Operation Christmas Child. Um, so we would double the population of, of Rosebud by the number of, um, yeah, of number of shoe boxes that we mm-hmm. would generate. Um, and so that was our church's claim to fame was being in that book. Um, so, mm-hmm. but it was, it was interesting, um, stepping into a, a whole new world of rural Texas, um, hymnology. And, um, after leaving a, a fairly high church, um, you know, internship at um, First Baptist Church, Knoxville, Tennessee. So that was a, uh, that was a transition and a half. Um, So it was uh, a lot of fun. People were great, but a lot of funny uh, moments that were, uh, that were had at my expense in learning (laughs) a whole new, um, same hymnal, but just um, hymns I had never even thought of turning to. Yeah. Uh, you've you've told me uh, a couple of those stories, but I'm sure that uh, podcast listeners would enjoy that uh, one or two of those too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, our church did a fourth Sunday singing um, every you know once a month, and we would go to go to different churches in the area, and we would explore their hymns, and you know each choir from each church would sing one or two songs, and. Um, and it, it was, it was pretty, it was pretty interesting to see what um, different choirs came up with. Um, so there was one night, uh, the, the pastor of the church we were at figured out that I had a degree in music um, and asked me to get up and lead the whole congregation in um, uh, the song or the, the hymn, When the Roll is Called Up Yonder. Um, I did not know the song. Uh, at all, did not know the hymn, didn't know the words, didn't know the tune. And so I, you know, 22 year old Tyler gets up in front of this church and I just start waving my arms <laughs> and the church is rolling. I mean, they're singing the singing, yeah. um, the walls are, walls are shaking. They know the song and you know, here I am bug eyed, like, uh, um, and, the. Uh, sweet old old ladies from um our congregation came up to me after afterwards and said honey have you been sleeping in church your whole life um you never i I don't think you knew that song and i was like you're absolutely right i did not um and you know and every you know every couple sundays we'd go over to the nursing home and we would um we would you know, preach and sing with, um, with the residents. And, you know, I was trying to bring my, um, high and mighty, you know, church mentality to the nursing home in in rural Texas. And, um, you know, I learned to preach in that nursing home and I learned to lead hymns in that nursing home and made quite a few residents fall asleep in the process. But I knew to wake them up, all we had to do is sing I'll fly away. Um, and it was just like, again, this crazy, um, you know, people would wake up and they'd start singing and clapping their hands and stomping their feet. And, you know, it was just, it was kind of a big wake up call for me to, you know, know the culture and know the hymns of the people mm-hmm. um, there and, you know, to get out of my own head and my own preferences and to, to learn something, to learn something new. Um, when I had interviewed for the, job they said you know we our church usually has uh 
you know, one foot in two streams, you know, one foot is in the Charleston stream of, of music and hymns. And we have, you know, our, our other foot is in the Sandy Creek tradition. Now I didn't believe, you know, I believed it at first, but you know, once I got in there um, for about 20 minutes, it was, we were playing in the Sandy Creek and the Charleston Creek was in the distance and we could see it. Mm -hmm. Um, So it was, it was a real interesting experience, but it's something that I will always, always appreciate. And when you talk about Charleston and Sandy Creek, Charleston is the more uh, formal uh, tradition, more structured, and the Sandy mm-hmm. Creek is the more uh, uh, impassioned, uh, a little bit more off-the-cuff kind of uh, style. I, I remember those two um, terms, Charleston and Sandy Creek, being described as order in the Charleston and ardor. Uh, passion yeah. in the um, in the Sandy Creek tradition. So I, I understand, um, you know, every every church is kind of on a spectrum, I guess, as it relates to those terms, or or some <laughs> yeah. some uh, intersection between those. Absolutely, um, and you know, the more I learned about it, you know, the more um, I really wanted to show off my formal training and my conducting skills and you know, with those Sandy Creek hymns, you, you know, you learn the history of them and they're not meant to be really conducted. They're meant to be led, you know, by singing from the, from the pulpit and the six, eight rhythms and the, you know, just kind of the the makeup of those hymns are, you know, not really meant to be conducted to, but, you know, just really led. And so that was, um, that was a fun, a fun adjustment for me as well. Um, well, I'm sure you've got some other stories to share, but maybe maybe we'll save those for another another time. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, well, tell us a little bit about your family. I happen to know that your uh, daughter Nora is coming up on her um, 18 month, her one and a half year birthday. She and I are birthday buddies. We have the same birthday, uh, so I happen to know that. But tell us a little bit about Nora and your wife Alexis. Yeah, so um, Nora was born on uh, Christmas. No, she was not not Christmas. <laughs> the other, the other one. The, the other, <laughs> the other Christian holiday, right? Easter. She was born on Easter in 2019, um, and that was a surprise to all of us. It was five weeks early, um, and so we were we were real nervous about it. Um, where we were in Kentucky, the hospital didn't have a NICU, and it was kind of borderline. Um, but she. She arrived in the world happy and healthy, and um, it is such a blast to see her grow into her personality and um, all the words she's learning for better or for worse. She's in a real fun no phase right now. <laughs> I was like, Nora, do you want to do this? No, no, no. Even, even if she does, she's just learning no. Yep. Um, so that's, that's a fun stage of life, and she's rocking and rolling and um, all, all sorts of all sorts of fun things. Um, I know we miss, we miss being in, in church because she was so much a church baby. We pass her off on Wednesday nights and have no clue where she is. And I knew it was okay. <laughs> um, so I certainly miss that aspect of it to where she's around so many people who love her and care about her and uh, who want to want to see her. And she wants to be around other people. Um, so she is that social butterfly. Um, and my wife, Alexis, has started a uh, chaplaincy residency at UAB, and um, I couldn't be more proud of her. Um, she is such a called minister. 
uh, we, we have the same degree um, from Truett Seminary. And uh, to see her and to, you know, listen to her, you know, share the stories of the patients she's, you know, interacted with and the struggles and the um, kind of the nuances of, of chaplaincy and how pastoral care um, is a vital part of the, of the medical team at UAB and learned that every hospital in America is required to have a chaplain on staff because of the medical benefits of, um, of pastoral care. Um, and so hearing her, you know, tell stories of how she's ministering to others has been, um, absolutely uplifting to me, um, and to see her really in her, in her element. She's in, she's in some tough departments, um, for sure, but she's, she's really doing a, she's really doing an awesome job and I couldn't be, uh, couldn't be more proud of her. That's great. I'm glad she's, um, thriving in that uh in that environment and that um it's given her opportunity for ministry as well yeah of course uh so i ask everybody at the end of these podcast conversations a question and the question is uh what is bringing you life jesus in john 10 10 says i have come that they may have life and have it to the full what's bringing you life tyler um, you know, it, it might sound strange, but, um, the, the newness of every day has been, um, has been giving me life recently. Um, albeit super stressful, um, trying to be a, um, epidemiologist, uh, youth pastor, uh, you know, a planner and all of these things. And a, um, and a grocery, very, grocery store lawyer. And a grocery store lawyer. It is very <laughs> tough, uh, very tough. Um, but the the challenge of every day is has been has been life giving um, for me because it's something new to to stretch out in, and um, just because I you can't really be around students as much as I would normally like, you know, to go get coffee or a lunch or have them have them come over and you know clean out a closet and, you know, have conversations with folks. Um, you know, it's, I've found new ways to, um, care for students and, you know, albeit, um, more electronic and digital. Um, it's really expanded my horizon on what pastoral care looks like. Um, and that challenge is, uh, certainly interesting at times, but it has been, um, there's been a lot of growth in that and a lot of excitement in life in that as well. I'm certainly looking forward to a little more um, normalcy, but um, the challenge of every day um, has been um, giving me a lot of purpose to explore my own, um, own ways of taking care of myself spiritually. Um, I feel like a lot of ministers, you know, the normal week, weekly preparation, we kind of pass that off as our own spiritual care. Um, but I've realized more and more that um, preparing for lessons and um, spiritual care are two different, two different things. And so taking this time to um, really invest in myself um, spiritually so that I can invest even more in students and families has been, um, has been a great new challenge. Um, and I've, um, really appreciated this time to, to show me that. Yeah. 
thank you for sharing that uh, insight into sort of your own your own um, experience, but also as it relates to uh, ministers in general. That's a, a good perspective. Thank you. Of course. Well, uh, I am grateful to have you as a colleague and grateful for this conversation today. Thanks, Tyler, for uh, being with us. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This has been awesome. Great. Well, you can check that off your bucket list. Yes. <laughs> I'm done. Take care. All right. You too. Right. Thanks. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast to be alerted about future episodes. This episode will conclude with the singing of Come Thou Almighty King by the Congregation of Vastavia Hills Baptist Church.